Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Well, you got your thinking cap on? <laughs> Welcome to The Bible Live Quiz Show. I love being here every Sunday night, but... As you probably can tell, I am not Soapy Dollar. I'm producer John Harrison. Uh, Soapy's out tonight, and so is Stacy. She and her family, they went on a vacation, you know. Uh, I want to, they should be back next week. But uh, I just want to wish everybody a wonderful Memorial Day. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. You know, uh, I, I, I just, it, we, it's a real blessing uh, to have people that are willing to put their lives on the line for this for this country, and uh, you know, my family, uh, we we of course have lost uh, family members in in times of war. My my grandfather on my father's side died in the Battle of the Bulge on, in, during World War II. So if 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 you're missing a family member. Someone who served in one of our armed forces, you know, well, God bless you and thank you for their service. Tonight, we're going to be doing what we've done in the past when Soapy and Stacy aren't here. We bring you a, a repeat performance, I guess you call it, of soap, some of Soapy's readings from the previous week. Now, you can always go to BibleLive.com if you want to hear something you missed or check out one of the other readings. But tonight, we're going to be in the book of Chronicles. That's right. Soapy's going to be reading to us some passages from that wonderful book. So, you know, I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm just going to get right into it. Here's Soapy Dollar on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Bible Live. Thank you for joining us each and every evening, those of you who keep this divine appointment. <laughs> it's such an encouragement to know that you are there with me, together making our way through the book of books. I had lunch today with a businessman who was talking about how much he enjoys hearing the Bible on the broadcast and how much he enjoys being a part of the sponsorship, how proud he feels to help put the Bible, the book of books, on the public airways for our community. It is something that we should be really proud of and thankful for. We often call this program God's Talk Show. We're not trying to be arrogant or even particularly witty, although I think it is kind of cool. Uh, but we mean that with all of our hearts. There are a lot of voices crying out to us, politicians, musicians, people with every kind of point of view, people who want to sell us this and that and the other thing. There are some that are righter than others and many that are wronger than others. But whether you are a believer already, you've committed your life to Christ, you've committed your life to God, to serving Him, to honoring Him, to worshiping God, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're still thinking through your own life commitment. There could be no greater source you could go to than this book, 
that talks about God stepping into time and space to speak to humanity, to speak words of encouragement, guidance, instruction, to tell us about himself, and to show us as he deals with real men and women. We'll continue our way through the book of Chronicles tonight. We're picking up at chapter 12. I'll tell you a little bit about that in the reign of King David. But right now, our Wisdom in Worship segment from the Psalm, Psalm 78, 54 through 72. He brought them to the border of his holy land, to this land of hills he had won for them. He drove out the nations before them. He gave them their inheritance by lot. He settled the tribes of Israel into their homes. Yet though he did all this for them, they continued to test his patience. They rebelled against the Most High and refused to follow his decrees. They turned back and were as faithless as their parents had been. They were as useless as a crooked bow. They made God angry by building altars to other gods. They made him jealous with their idols. When God heard them, he was very angry, and he rejected Israel completely. Then he abandoned his dwelling at Shiloh, the tabernacle where he had lived among his people. He allowed the ark of his might to be captured. He surrendered his glory into enemy hands. He gave his people over to be butchered by the sword because he was so angry with his own people, his special possession. Their young men were killed by fire. Their young women died before singing their wedding songs. Their priests were slaughtered, and their widows could not mourn their deaths. Then the Lord rose up, as though waking from sleep, like a mighty man aroused from a drunken stupor. He routed his enemies and sent them to eternal shame. But he rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. There he built his towering sanctuary, as solid and enduring as the earth itself. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. End of reading, Psalm 78, 54 through 72. It has been so interesting to follow the reading of Psalm 78, which is also a history of the people of Israel and God's dealings with them as we make our way through the Chronicles, a dual pass through the time of history. Let me catch you up as to where we are now in the book of Chronicles. We have gotten now into the reign of King David. We have begun the book with a review of the genealogies starting with Adam and Eve, actually, going that far back, walking through the early years of God's dealing with all of humanity, then his choosing of Abraham after the flood. He goes through the genealogies of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, of course, whose name was changed to Israel, one who wrestles with God, deals with God. We should all be Israel in that sense. We all dare to get involved with God, seek God, wrestle with God about our lives, an involvement with him. That's the idea. We follow then the tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob. Now, these genealogies, remember, are important because the people are returning from the 70 years of exile in Babylon. Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 B.C., the third of three successive invasions by Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians. They tore down the wall, destroyed the temple, and thousands and thousands had been taken already into Babylon in exile. Then they were restored after 70 years of exile, measured from 586 to 515. 
The 515 was the finishing of the rebuilding of the temple there in Jerusalem under Ezra. Now Ezra, this scribe and priest, is traditionally thought to have put together this selected history to remind those who are returning from Babylon, from exile, to remind them of who they are. For example, in in the sense of America, it would be like reviewing the true history of America and reviewing our Constitution. Ezra reviews with these returning exiles the covenant relationship they had with the true and living God. He's reviewing the key history, the history moments that God dealt with and worked with them as a people group and how he has chosen to honor them and to bless them as long as they would worship him and follow him and be a light to the nations and be a witness to the true and living God to the nations around them. And then also, of course, use them as a conduit, as a means of bringing into the human race the Redeemer, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, of which, of course, we know now to be Jesus of Nazareth, born some 400 years now after the writing of the book of Chronicles. This is a selected history. We have followed the genealogies. We got into the family of Saul, his reign, his death, the death of Jonathan, his sons. And then we got into the life of David, David having been anointed to be the king of Israel 25 years before he actually took the throne. He became the king of Judah and Benjamin first, and then seven and a half years later, he was crowned king over all the tribes of Israel. This is a selected history. It's not going to involve the big failures. Ezra is emphasizing the positive. He's emphasizing the faith. He's emphasizing the courage and the greatness of King David and the kings that would follow because he's trying to build and encourage the people with that renewed vision of their unique calling. This has such a great application to us as Americans today. We need to review God's great blessings on our nation and the Constitution and what makes us an exceptional people. First Chronicles 12, 1 through 15, 29. First Chronicles 12. The following men joined David at Ziklag while he was hiding from Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who fought beside David in battle. All of them were expert archers, and they could shoot arrows or sling stones with their left hand as well as their right. They were all relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Their leader was Ahiazer, son of Shemaah from Gibeah. His brother Joash was second in command. These were the other warriors. Jeziel and Pelet, sons of Asmaveth. Berakah and Jehu from Anathoth. Ishmaiah from Gibeon, a famous warrior and leader among the thirty. Jeremiah, Jahaziel, Jehonan, and Josabad from Gedera. Eluzai, Jeremoth, Baaliah, Shemariah, and Shephatiah from Haruth. Elkanah, Ishaiah, Azarel, Joazer, and Jashobeam, who were Korahites. Joelah and Zebediah, sons of Jeroram from Gedor. Some brave and experienced warriors from the tribe of Gad also defected to David while he was at the stronghold in the wilderness. They were expert with both shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer on the mountains. Ezer was their leader. Obadiah was second. Eliab was third. Mishmanah was fourth. Jeremiah was fifth. Atai was sixth. Eliel was seventh. Jehonan was eighth. Elzabad was ninth. Jeremiah was tenth. Machbanai was eleventh. These warriors from Gad were army commanders. The weakest among them could take on a hundred regular troops, and the strongest could take on a thousand. They crossed the Jordan River during its seasonal flooding at the beginning of the year and drove out all the people living in the lowlands on both the east and west banks. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said, If you have come in peace to help me, we are friends. 
But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when I am innocent, then may the God of our ancestors see and judge you. Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, who later became a leader among the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you, and success to all who help you, for your God is the one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers over his troops. Some men from Manasseh defected from the Israelite army and joined David when he went with the Philistines to fight against Saul. But as it turned out, the Philistine leaders refused to let David and his men go with them. After much discussion, they sent them back, for they said, It will cost us our lives if David switches loyalties to Saul and turns against us. Here is a list of the men from Manasseh who defected to David as he was returning to Ziklag. Adnah, Josabad, Jediael, Michael, Josabad, Elihu, and Zilathai. Each commanded a thousand troops from the tribe of Manasseh. They helped David chase down bands of raiders, for they were all brave and able warriors who became commanders in his army. Day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army, like the army of God. These are the numbers of armed warriors who joined David at Hebron. They were all eager to see David become king instead of Saul, just as the Lord had promised. From the tribe of Judah, there were 6,800 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Simeon, there were 7,100 warriors. From the tribe of Levi, there were 4,600 troops. This included Jehoiada, leader of the family of Aaron, who had 3,700 under his command. This also included Zadok, a young warrior with 22 members of his family who were all officers. From the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's relatives, there were 3,000 warriors. Most of the men from Benjamin had remained loyal to Saul until this time. From the tribe of Ephraim, there were 20,800 warriors, each famous in his own clan. From the half-tribe of Manasseh, west of the Jordan, 18,000 men were sent for the express purpose of helping David become king. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the temper of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. From the tribe of Zebulun, there were 50,000 skilled warriors. They were fully armed and prepared for battle and completely loyal to David. From the tribe of Naphtali, there were 1,000 officers and 37,000 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Dan, there were 28,600 warriors, all prepared for battle. From the tribe of Asher, there were 40,000 trained warriors, all prepared for battle. From the east side of the Jordan River, where the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh lived, there were 120,000 troops, armed with every kind of weapon. All these men came in battle array to Hebron with the single purpose of making David the king of Israel. In fact, all Israel agreed that David should be their king. They feasted and drank with David for three days, for preparations had been made by their relatives for their arrival. And people from as far away as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali brought food on donkeys, camels, mules, and oxen. Vast supplies of flour, fig cakes, raisins, wine, olive oil, cattle, and sheep were brought to the celebration. There was great joy throughout the land of Israel. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 13. David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows. If you approve, and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and Levites in their towns and pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. 
The whole assembly agreed to this, for the people could see it was the right thing to do. So David summoned all the people of Israel from one end of the country to the other to join in bringing the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. Then David and all Israel went to Baalah of Judah, also called Kiriath-Jerim, to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord who is enthroned between the cherubim. They transported the ark of God from the house of Abinadab on a new cart, with Uzzah and Ahio guiding it. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nakon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah put out his hand to steady the ark. Then the Lord's anger blazed out against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had laid his hand on the ark. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had blazed out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means outbreak against Uzzah. It is still called that today. David was now afraid of God and asked, How can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care? So David decided not to move the ark into the city of David. He took it instead to the home of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained there with the family of Obed-Edom for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 14 Now King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David, along with stonemasons and carpenters, to build him a palace. Hiram also sent many cedar logs for lumber, and David realized that the Lord had made him king over Israel and had made his kingdom very great for the sake of his people Israel. Then David married more wives in Jerusalem, and they had many sons and daughters. These are the names of David's sons who were born in Jerusalem, Shimea, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Elpelet, Noga, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he and his men marched out to meet them. The Philistines had arrived in the valley of Rephaim and raided it. So David asked God, Should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied, Yes, go ahead. I will give you the victory. So David and his troops went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. God has done it, David exclaimed. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So that place was named Baal-perazim, which means the Lord who burst through. The Philistines had abandoned their idols there, so David gave orders to burn them up. But after a while, the Philistines returned and raided the valley again. And once again, David asked God what to do. Do not attack them straight on, God replied. Instead, circle around behind them and attack them near the balsam trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the balsam trees, attack. That will be the signal that God is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistines. So David did what the Lord commanded, and he struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread everywhere, and the Lord caused all the nations to fear David. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 15 David now built several buildings for himself in the city of David. He also prepared a place for the Ark of God and set up a special tent there to shelter it. Then he issued these instructions. When we transport the Ark of God this time, no one except the Levites may carry it. The Lord has chosen them to carry the Ark of the Lord and to minister before him forever. 
Then David summoned all the Israelites to Jerusalem to bring the ark of the Lord to the place he had prepared for it. These are the priests and Levites who were called together. There were 120 from the clan of Kohath with Uriel as their leader. There were 220 from the clan of Merari with Asaiah as their leader. There were 130 from the clan of Gershon with Joel as their leader. There were 200 descendants of Elisaphan with Shemaiah as their leader. There were 80 descendants of Hebron with Eliel as their leader. There were 112 descendants of Uziel with Aminadab as their leader. Then David summoned the priests, Zadok and Abiathar, and these Levite leaders, Uriel, Asaiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Aminadab. He said to them, You are the leaders of the Levite families. You must purify yourselves and all your fellow Levites, so you can bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place I have prepared for it. Because you Levites did not carry the ark the first time, the anger of the Lord our God burst out against us. We failed to ask God how to move it in the proper way. So the priests and the Levites purified themselves in order to bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to Jerusalem. Then the Levites carried the ark of God on their shoulders with its carrying poles, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. David also ordered the Levite leaders to appoint a choir of Levites who were singers and musicians to sing joyful songs to the accompaniment of lyres, harps, and cymbals. So the Levites appointed Haman, son of Joel, Asaph, son of Berechiah, and Ethan, son of Cushaiah, from the clan of Merari, to direct the musicians. The following men were chosen as their assistants. Zechariah, Jaaziel, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Uni, Eliab, Benaiah, Maaseiah, Matathiah, Eliphalehu, Mikneiah, and the gatekeepers Obed-Edom and Jehiel. Haman, Asaph, and Ethan were chosen to sound the bronze cymbals. Zechariah, Aziel, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Uni, Eliab, Maaseiah, and Benaiah were chosen to play the lyres. Mattathiah, Eliphalehu, Mikneiah, Obed-Edom, Jehiel, and Azaziah were chosen to play the harps. Kenaniah, the head Levite, was chosen as the choir leader because of his skill. Berechiah and Elkanah were chosen to guard the ark. Shebaniah, Joshaphat, Nethanel, Amasai, Zechariah, Benaiah, and Eliezer, all of whom were priests, were chosen to blow the trumpets as they marched in front of the ark of God. Obed-Edom and Jehiah were chosen to guard the ark. Then David and the leaders of Israel and the generals of the army went to the home of Obed-Edom to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant up to Jerusalem with a great celebration. And because God was clearly helping the Levites as they carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, they sacrificed seven bulls and seven lambs. David was dressed in a robe of fine linen, as were the Levites who carried the Ark, the singers, and Kenaniah the song leader. David was also wearing a priestly tunic. So all Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to Jerusalem with shouts of joy, the blowing of horns and trumpets, the crashing of cymbals, and loud playing on harps and lyres. But as the Ark of the Lord's Covenant entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David dancing and leaping for joy, she was filled with contempt for him. End of reading, 1 Chronicles 12, 1 through 15, 29. Well, there's the end of our first reading. I just wanted to remind you 
that usually we take calls from listeners, people who have questions, they want to answer a question that's been asked. But with Soapy and Stacy out of the studio this evening, we're going to suspend that. They'll be back next week, and uh, every, uh, the show will resume as usual. There's going to be more from Chronicles, Book of Chronicles. More coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Bible Live Quiz Show. Wherever you are listening, online, on KSLR, anywhere, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Stay tuned. Bible Live, that is Beatle Paul McCartney singing Freedom. He performed that song at the Concert for New York, which took took place shortly after the events of 9-11 up there in New York. And what a time to celebrate the lives of people who joined our military and gave their lives for that that cause, the cause of freedom. The Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard, and all of it. We thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah. Okay, I'm a Beatle fan, so it's hard for me to, to pot down Paul McCartney. It's hard for me to pot down one of the Beatles when they're singing, or all four. But uh, welcome back to the show. We've got more coming to you from Soapy and the Book of Chronicles. And uh, you get to just sit back and enjoy the show. You don't have to worry about calling in tonight. We're not taking calls. But next week, if you have any questions or comments or anything, you can call us. And Stacy and Soapy should be back here in the studio studio with us at that at that moment back next next weekend so uh yeah i was thinking about memorial day and i hope y'all have a wonderful day tomorrow celebrating family members friends who are no longer with us but who who uh who served their country very bravely uh my father didn't die in in a battle or anything like that but he served in the army in the 60s and 70s and today i visited you've probably heard stacy mention it that my dad died last november and i went after church to uh, see his graveside visit his graveside for the first time at fort sam and it was pretty emotional so you know my heart goes out to all of you who are thinking about the loved ones missed all right well on that on that note, let's get back to the Book of Chronicles and Mr. Soapy Dollar on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Welcome, everyone, to the Bible Live. 
We will continue our way through the book of First Chronicles, right on into Second Chronicles. Ezra, traditionally the author of this book, it's a selected history, a compiled, gathered history from various sources, the books of the kings, and then obviously some other sources as well. There's some incidents, some experiences, and there's some details that are included in the book of the Chronicles that are not in the book of the kings. So they come from another source or maybe oral tradition. It is so crucial that we listen to the Bible. If you are wandered across this program for the first time, this program is dedicated to the revolutionary idea that the Bible itself does not necessarily need a whole lot of explaining. I love preachers, and I love my pastors, and I love teachers. Their role is important and crucial, and praise the Lord for them. But the best teachers and preachers I know would say that listening to their teaching and their preaching and reading books about the Bible and reading commentaries, none of that is a substitute for reading the great book of books itself. It is not some deeply religious, mystical tome that you cannot comprehend. It is the true and living God revealing to us through his interaction with men and women, real people just like me and you, real married couples, real families, real clans, real people groups, governments, nations, God revealing his character, his plan for mankind, revealing his ways of dealing, God revealing the truth about human beings. And there are so many truths. That's why this nation has attained such greatness is because our Constitution and our founding as a nation was on the foundation of the truth about reality, about mankind, about men and women, about God and his ways. We need to be reading this book. So I hope that you'll stay with us now, and let's make our way through it each and every year. We'll get to Chronicles in just a moment. Right now, our Wisdom and Worship segment from the Psalm 79. Oh God, pagan nations have conquered your land, your special possession. They have defiled your holy temple and made Jerusalem a heap of ruins. They have left the bodies of your servants as food for the birds of heaven. The flesh of your godly ones has become food for the wild animals. Blood has flowed like water all around Jerusalem. No one is left to bury the dead. We are mocked by our neighbors, an object of scorn and derision to those around us. O oh Lord, how long will you be angry with us? Forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to recognize you, on kingdoms that do not call upon your name. For they have devoured your people Israel, making the land a desolate wilderness. Oh, do not hold us guilty for our former sins. Let your tender-hearted mercies quickly meet our needs, for we are brought low to the dust. Help us, O oh God of our salvation. Help us for the honor of your name. Oh, save us and forgive our sins for the sake of your name. Why should pagan nations be allowed to scoff, asking, Where is their God? Show us your vengeance against the nations, for they have spilled the blood of your servants. Listen to the moaning of the prisoners. Demonstrate your great power by saving those condemned to die. O Lord, take sevenfold vengeance on our neighbors for the scorn they have hurled at you. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising your greatness from generation to generation. End of reading, Psalm 79. the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Hallelujah. 
All right. Psalm 79 is very timely for our reading of Chronicles as well. Written after the Babylonian exile, after the Babylonians had leveled Jerusalem. So many of the people had been taken. Notice how he prays for his country for your name's sake, for the honor of your name. We should pray for America in that same sense because God has invested a great deal of himself and his message and his gospel in this country, which once stood in the eyes of the world for the message of the gospel. That's a great way to pray for our nation. For your own namesake, Lord, bless our nation. Help us to return to you. Let's go now to Chronicles. We're going to pick up in chapter 16. David has now brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem on the Bible Life. 1 Chronicles 16, 1 through 28. 1 Chronicles 16. So they brought the Ark of God into the special tent David had prepared for it, and they sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. When he had finished... David blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a gift of food to every man and woman in Israel, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord by asking for his blessings and giving thanks and praise to the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph, the leader of this group, sounded the cymbals. His assistants were Zechariah II, then Jael, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Benaiah, Obed-Edom, and Jehiel. They played the harps and lyres. The priests, Benaiah and Jehaziel, played the trumpets regularly before the Ark of God's Covenant. That day, David gave to Asaph and his fellow Levites this song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. Sing to Him. Yes, sing His praises. Tell everyone about his miracles. Exult in his holy name. O worshipers of the Lord, rejoice! Search for the Lord and for his strength and keep on searching. Think of the wonderful works he has done, the miracles and the judgments he handed down. O children of Israel, God's servant, O descendants of Jacob, God's chosen one. He is the Lord our God. His rule is seen throughout the land. He always stands by his covenant, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant he made with Abraham and the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to the people of Israel as a never-ending treaty. I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. He said this when they were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered back and forth between nations from one kingdom to another. Yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf, Do not touch these people I have chosen, and do not hurt my prophets. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be revered above all gods. The gods of other nations are merely idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty are in his dwelling. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come to worship him. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. The world is firmly established and cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. 
Tell all the nations that the Lord is king. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst forth with joy. Let the trees of the forest rustle with praise before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Cry out, Save us, O God of our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations, so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people shouted, Amen, and praised the Lord. David arranged for Asaph and his fellow Levites to minister regularly before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, doing whatever needed to be done each day. This group included Obed-Edom, son of Jeduthun, Hosea, and 68 other Levites as gatekeepers. Meanwhile, David stationed Zadok the priest and his fellow priests at the tabernacle of the Lord on the hill of Gibeon, where they continued to minister before the Lord. They sacrificed the regular burnt offerings to the Lord each morning and evening on the altar set aside for that purpose, obeying everything written in the law of the Lord which he had given to Israel. David also appointed Haman, Jeduthun, and the others chosen by name to give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. They used their trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments to accompany the songs of praise to God, and the sons of Jeduthun were appointed as gatekeepers. Then all the people returned to their homes, and David returned home to bless his family. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 17. Now when David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in this beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of the Lord's covenant is out in a tent. Nathan replied, Go ahead with what you have in mind, for God is with you. But that same night God said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a temple to live in. I have never lived in a temple from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until now. My home has always been a tent, moving from one place to another. And I never once complained to Israel's leaders, the shepherds of my people. I have never asked them, Why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar temple? Now go and say to my servant David, This is what the Lord Almighty says. I chose you to lead my people Israel when you were just a shepherd boy, tending your sheep out in the pasture. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies. Now I will make your name famous throughout the earth, and I have provided a permanent homeland for my people Israel, a secure place where they will never be disturbed. It will be their own land where wicked nations won't oppress them as they did in the past, from the time I appointed judges to rule over my people and I will subdue all your enemies. And now I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die, I will raise up one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will not take my unfailing love from him as I took it from Saul who ruled before you. I will establish him over my dynasty and my kingdom for all time, and his throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, O God, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving me a lasting dynasty. 
You speak as though I were someone very great, O Lord God. What more can I say about the way you have honored me? You know what I am really like. For my sake, O Lord, and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known. O Lord, there is no one like you. There is no other God. We have never even heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you rescued your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations that stood in their way. You chose Israel to be your people forever. And you, O Lord, have become their God. And now, O Lord, do as you have promised concerning me and my family. May it be a promise that will last forever. And may your name be established and honored forever, so that all the world will say, The Lord Almighty is God over Israel. And may the dynasty of your servant David be established in your presence. O oh my God, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer because you have revealed that you will build a house for me, an eternal dynasty. For you are God, O Lord, and you have promised these good things to me, your servant. And now it has pleased you to bless me and my family so that our dynasty will continue forever before you. For when you grant a blessing, O Lord, it is an eternal blessing. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 18. After this, David subdued and humbled the Philistines by conquering Goth and its surrounding towns. David also conquered the land of Moab, and the Moabites became David's subjects and brought him tribute money. Then David destroyed the forces of King Hadadezer of Zobah as far as Hamath, when Hadadezer marched out to strengthen his control along the Euphrates River. David captured 1,000 chariots, 7,000 charioteers, and 20,000 foot soldiers. Then he crippled all but 100 of the chariot horses. When Arameans from Damascus arrived to help Hadadezer, David killed 22,000 of them. Then he placed several army garrisons in Damascus, the Aramean capital. And the Arameans became David's subjects and brought him tribute money. So the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. David brought the gold shields of Hadadezer's officers to Jerusalem, along with a large amount of bronze from Hadadezer's cities of Teba and Kun. Later, Solomon melted the bronze and used it for the temple. He molded it into the bronze sea, the pillars, and the various bronze utensils used at the temple. When King Toy of Hamath heard that David had destroyed the army of King Hadadezer of Zobah, he sent his son Joram to congratulate David on his success. Hadadezer and Toy had long been enemies, and there had been many wars between them. Joram presented David with many gifts of gold, silver, and bronze. King David dedicated all these gifts to the Lord, along with the silver and gold he had taken from the other nations he had subdued, Edom, Moab, Ammon, Philistia, and Amalek. Abishai, son of Zeruiah, destroyed 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He placed army garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites became David's subjects. This was another example of how the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. David reigned over all Israel and was fair to everyone. Joab, son of Zeruiah, was the commander of the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were the priests. Seraiah was the court secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was captain of the king's bodyguard. David's sons served as the king's chief assistants. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 19. 
Sometime after this, King Nahash of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanun became king. David said, I am going to show complete loyalty to Hanun because his father Nahash was always completely loyal to me. So David sent ambassadors to express sympathy to Hanun about his father's death. But when David's ambassadors arrived in the land of Ammon, Hanun's advisors said to him, Do you really think these men are coming here to honor your father? No, David has sent them to spy out the land so that they can come in and conquer it. So Hanun seized David's ambassadors and shaved their beards, cut off their robes at the buttocks, and sent them back to David in shame. When David heard what had happened, he sent messengers to tell the men to stay at Jericho until their beards grew out, for they were very embarrassed by their appearance. Now the people of Ammon realized how seriously they had angered David. So Hanun and the Ammonites sent 38 tons of silver to hire chariots and troops from Aram Naharaim, Aram Ma'akah, and Zobah. They also hired 32,000 chariots and secured the support of the king of Ma'akah and his army. These forces camped at Medeba, where they were joined by the Ammonite troops that Hanun had recruited from his own towns. When David heard about this, he sent Joab and all his warriors to fight them. The Ammonite troops drew up their battle lines at the gate of the city, while the other kings positioned themselves to fight in the open fields. When Joab saw that he would have to fight on two fronts, he chose the best troops in his army. He placed them under his personal command and led them out to fight the Arameans in the fields. He left the rest of the army under the command of his brother Abishai, who was to attack the Ammonites. If the Arameans are too strong for me, then come over and help me, Joab told his brother. And if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I will help you. Be courageous. Let us fight bravely to save our people and the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. When Joab and his troops attacked, the Arameans began to run away. And when the Ammonites saw the Arameans running, they ran from Abishai and retreated into the city. Then Joab returned to Jerusalem. The Arameans now realized that they were no match for Israel. So they summoned additional Aramean troops from the other side of the Euphrates River. These troops arrived under the command of Shobak, the commander of all Hadadezer's forces. When David heard what was happening, he mobilized all Israel, crossed the Jordan River, and positioned his troops in battle formation. Then he engaged the enemy troops in battle, and they fought against him. But again the Arameans fled from the Israelites. This time David's forces killed 7,000 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers, including Shobak, the commander of their army. When the servants of Hadadezer realized they had been defeated by Israel, they surrendered to David and became his subjects. After that, the Arameans were no longer willing to help the Ammonites. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 20. The following spring, the time of year when kings go to war, Joab led the Israelite army in successful attacks against the towns and villages of the Ammonites. In the process, they laid siege to the city of Rabbah and destroyed it. But David had stayed behind in Jerusalem. When David arrived at Rabbah, he removed the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on David's own head. The crown was made of gold and set with gems, and it weighed about 75 pounds. David took a vast amount of plunder from the city. He also made slaves of the people of Rabbah and forced them to labor with saws, picks, and axes. That is how he dealt with the people of all the Ammonite cities. Then David and his army returned to Jerusalem. After this, war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer. As they fought, Sibekai from Hushah killed Soth, a descendant of the giants, and so the Philistines were subdued. 
During another battle with the Philistines, Elhanan, son of Jair, killed Lami, the brother of Goliath of Gath. The handle of Lami's spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. In another battle with the Philistines at Gath, a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, a descendant of the giants, defied and taunted Israel. But he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shimea. These Philistines were descendants of the giants of Gath, but they were killed by David and his warriors. End of reading, 1 Chronicles 16, 1 through 28. Well, uh, uh, two-thirds of the show are in the books now. I'm John Harrison. I'm the producer of this wonderful program, and I'm so proud to be uh, affiliated, I guess is the right word, affiliated with The Bible Live, a show that brings you the entire Bible during the course of a year. Soapy's been uh, offering this service, this ministry. Yeah, that's the better word, ministry. For over 20 years, like 21, maybe 22. I, but yeah, it's definitely over 20. It's definitely over 20 years. And uh, he, he brings a lot of depth, insight, just to hear the scripture on the radio unfiltered anything you know just to hear it and have that offered on air is is a blessing and so uh that's just one of the reasons i'm proud to be affiliated with this program we appreciate you listening we've got more coming up uh soapy's going to give us another reading from the book of chronicles that's coming up on the flip side of our break so uh stay tuned and uh Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment after these messages. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. Welcome back to the Bible Live Quiz Show. I'm John Harrison, the producer. Soapy and his daughter Stacy are away from the studio. They should be back next week. But we're we're uh, proud to present some readings from the past week from the Book of Chronicles. And I just, I just want to say, uh, I recently went out to lunch this past, was it this week or the week before? I can't remember for sure. I was at Teca Molino on Ritterman, and as I was coming out, a lady was coming in, and she saw my shirt, and it's Salem Media, and she asked if I worked for the company. I said, yes, ma'am, and she started bragging on the station, and I asked her, well, do you listen to the Bible Live uh, quiz show on Sunday nights? And she said, I've listened to it off and on. And I said, well, I produced that show. And she's, she was very grateful. She's like, oh, well, thank you so much. And, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a real thrill to have those moments out in public when you connect with someone who really is getting a lot out of what we do. And that's why we do it. So, you know, we, we appreciate all of our listeners. So thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to go back into the book of Chronicles with Soapy. So 
let's just get right into it. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. Talking about the reign of King David right now in the book of the Chronicles, we're looking at Israel as a type of the church, the earthly covenant that God had with an earthly people that we come to know as Israel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob whose name was changed to Israel, thus the children of Israel, Israel which means those who wrestled with God. So we see God giving an earthly example through and with this people of his dealings, of his salvation, of his redemptive plan for all of humanity. And so we get a very beautiful view from God's dealings. Right now, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment, Psalm 80. Please listen, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Israel like a flock. O God, enthroned above the cherubim, display your radiant glory to Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Show us your mighty power. Come to rescue us. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. O Lord God Almighty, how long will you be angry and reject our prayers? You have fed us with sorrow and made us drink tears by the bucketful. You have made us the scorn of neighboring nations. Our enemies treat us as a joke. Turn us again to yourself, O God Almighty. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. You brought us from Egypt as though we were a tender vine. You drove away the pagan nations and transplanted us into your land. You cleared the ground for us, and we took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with our shade. The mighty cedars were covered with our branches. We spread our branches west to the Mediterranean Sea, our limbs east to the Euphrates River. But now, why have you broken down our walls so that all who pass may steal our fruit? The boar from the forest devours us, and the wild animals feed on us. Come back, we beg you, O God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see our plight. Watch over and care for this vine that you yourself have planted, this son that you have raised for yourself. For we are chopped up and burned by our enemies. May they perish at the sight of your frown. Strengthen the man you love, the son of your choice. Then we will never forsake you again. Revive us so we can call on your name once more. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. End of reading, Psalm 80. Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. We're going to pick up in First Chronicles chapter 21 tonight. That's where we left off. We are in the reign of King David. This is a select history that Ezra the scribe, a priest, has put together. Ezra has come back with a number of thousands who made their way back from the Babylonian exile, primarily from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, the southern tribes. 
but others involved as well. These are men and women who made that 900 to 1,000 mile journey all the way back and reoccupied the land of Israel, the land that had been given to their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when Abraham went over in the first place, but then when they came out of the 400 years of bondage and slavery in Egypt as well. Israel has written this history to those who are returning, all of them, I assume, born in exile, born in Babylon, so they need to be reminded of who they are. This comes at such a good time for us as Americans because we are going to, through a period of reevaluation. America is having to decide in these days that you and I are living, America is deciding again what kind of nation we will be. Our traditional values and foundations are being attacked, are being thrown overboard, are being discarded by those in the political world and those in our society who do not want that legacy, that relationship that we have as a nation, uh, traditionally, historically, with God as part of our cultural reality. We are going through somewhat what Israel went through. Even in our psalm tonight, it was a prayer for revival and restoration after a time of destruction and decline. So uh, these are very relevant to us tonight. Now we're going to pick up, as I said, in First Chronicles chapter 21. Again, we're in the time of David. Starting out with the time that David take a census that he should not have been taking that census, and we'll hear about it on the Bible. Life. First Chronicles 21:1 through 24:31. First Chronicles 21. Satan rose up against Israel and caused David to take a census of the Israelites. David gave these orders to Joab and his commanders: Take a census of all the people in the land, from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, and bring me the totals so I may know how many there are. But Joab replied, May the Lord increase the number of his people a hundred times over. But why, my Lord, do you want to do this? Are they not all your servants? Why must you cause Israel to sin? But the king insisted that Joab take the census. So Joab traveled throughout Israel to count the people. Then he returned to Jerusalem and reported the number of people to David. There were 1,100,000 men of military age in Israel and 470,000 in Judah. But Joab did not include the tribes of Levi and Benjamin in the census because he was so distressed at what the king had made him do. God was very displeased with the census, and he punished Israel for it. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly and shouldn't have taken the census. Please forgive me for doing this foolish thing. Then the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer. This was the message. Go and say to David, This is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments, and I will do it. So Gad came to David and said, These are the choices the Lord has given you. You may choose three years of famine, three months of destruction by your enemies, or three days of severe plague as the angel of the Lord brings devastation throughout the land of Israel. Think this over and let me know what answer to give the Lord. This is a desperate situation, David replied to Gad, but let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. Do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel, and 70,000 people died as a result. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But just as the angel was preparing to destroy it, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, Stop! That is enough! At that moment, the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Araunah the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth with his sword drawn, stretched out over Jerusalem. 
So David and the leaders of Israel put on sackcloth to show their distress and fell down with their faces to the ground. And David said to God, I am the one who called for the census. I am the one who has sinned and done wrong. But these people are innocent. What have they done? O Lord my God, let your anger fall against me and my family, but do not destroy your people. Then the angel of the Lord told Gad to instruct David to build an altar to the Lord at the threshing floor of Araunah the Jebusite. So David obeyed the instructions the Lord had given him through Gad. Araunah, who was busy threshing wheat at the time, turned and saw the angel there. His four sons who were with him ran away and hid. When Araunah saw the king approaching, he left his threshing floor and bowed to the ground before David. David said to Araunah, Let me buy this threshing floor from you at its full price. Then I will build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. Take it, my lord, and use it as you wish, Araunah said to David. Here are oxen for the burnt offerings, and you can use the threshing tools for wood to build a fire on the altar. And take wheat for the grain offering. I will give it all to you. But the king replied to Araunah, No, I insist on paying what it is worth. I cannot take what is yours and give it to the Lord. I will not offer a burnt offering that has cost me nothing. So David gave Araunah six hundred pieces of gold in payment for the threshing floor. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when David prayed, the Lord answered him by sending fire from heaven to burn up the offering on the altar. Then the Lord spoke to the angel, who put the sword back into its sheath. When David saw that the Lord had answered his prayer, he offered sacrifices there at Araunah's threshing floor. At that time, the tabernacle of the Lord and the altar that Moses made in the wilderness were located at the hill of Gibeon. But David was not able to go there to inquire of God because he was terrified by the drawn sword of the angel of the Lord. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 22 then David said, This will be the location for the temple of the Lord God and the place of the altar for Israel's burnt offerings. So David gave orders to call together the foreigners living in Israel, and he assigned them the task of preparing blocks of stone for building the temple of God. David provided large amounts of iron for the nails that would be needed for the doors in the gates and for the clamps, and more bronze than they could ever weigh. He also provided innumerable cedar logs. For the men of Tyre and Sidon had brought vast amounts of cedar to David. David said, My son Solomon is still young and inexperienced, and the temple of the Lord must be a magnificent structure, famous and glorious throughout the world. So I will begin making preparations for it now. So David collected vast amounts of building materials before his death. Then David sent for his son Solomon and instructed him to build a temple for the Lord the God of Israel. I wanted to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God, David told him. But the Lord said to me, You have killed many men in the great battles you have fought. And since you have shed so much blood before me, you will not be the one to build a temple to honor my name. But you will have a son who will experience peace and rest. I will give him peace with his enemies in all the surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a temple to honor my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you and give you success as you follow his instructions in building the temple of the Lord your God. And may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding that you may obey the law of the Lord your God as you rule over Israel. 
For if you carefully obey the laws and regulations that the Lord gave to Israel through Moses, you will be successful. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or lose heart. I have worked hard to provide materials for building the temple of the Lord. Nearly 4,000 tons of gold, nearly 40,000 tons of silver, and so much iron and bronze that it cannot be weighed. I have also gathered lumber and stone for the walls, though you may need to add more. You have many skilled stonemasons and carpenters and craftsmen of every kind available to you. They are expert goldsmiths and silversmiths and workers of bronze and iron. Now begin the work, and may the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to assist Solomon in this project. The Lord your God is with you, he declared. He has given you peace with the surrounding nations. He has handed them over to me, and they are now subject to the Lord and his people. Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart. Build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy vessels of God into the temple built to honor the Lord's name. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 23. When David was an old man, he appointed his son Solomon to be king over Israel. David summoned all the political leaders of Israel together with the priests and Levites for the coronation ceremony. All the Levites who were 30 years old or older were counted, and the total came to 38,000. Then David said, 24,000 of them will supervise the work at the temple of the Lord. 6,000 are to serve as officials and judges. 4,000 will work as gatekeepers, and another 4,000 will praise the Lord with the musical instruments I have made. Then David divided the Levites into divisions named after the clans descended from the three sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The Gershonite family units were defined by their lines of descent from Libni and Shimei, the sons of Gershon. Three of the descendants of Libni were Jehiel, the family leader, Zetham, and Joel. These were the leaders of the family of Libni. Three of the descendants of Shimei were Shelomoth, Haziel, and Haran. Four other descendants of Shimei were Jahath, Ziza, Jeush, and Bariah. Jahath was the family leader, and Ziza was next. Jeush and Bariah were counted as a single family because neither had many sons. The descendants of Kohath included Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. The sons of Amram were Aaron and Moses. Aaron and his descendants were set apart to dedicate the most holy things, to offer sacrifices in the Lord's presence, to serve the Lord, and to pronounce blessings in His name forever. As for Moses, the man of God, his sons were included with the tribe of Levi. The sons of Moses were Gershom and Eliezer. The descendants of Gershom included Shebuel, the family leader. Eliezer had only one son, Rehabiah, the family leader. Rehabiah had numerous descendants. The descendants of Ishar included Shelomith, the family leader. The descendants of Hebron included Jeriah, the family leader, Amariah, the second, Jehaziel, the third, and Jechameam, the fourth. The descendants of Uziel included Micah, the family leader, and Ishiah, the second. The descendants of Merari included Mali and Mushi. The sons of Mali were Eleazar and Kish. Eleazar died with no sons, only daughters. His daughters married their cousins, the sons of Kish. The three sons of Mushi were Mali, Eder, and Jeremoth. These were the descendants of Levi by clans, the leaders of their family groups registered carefully by name. Each had to be twenty years old or older to qualify for service in the house of the Lord. For David said, The Lord the God of Israel has given us peace, and he will always live in Jerusalem. Now the Levites will no longer need to carry the tabernacle and its utensils from place to place. 
It was according to David's final instructions that all the Levites 20 years old or older were registered for service. The work of the Levites was to assist the priests, the descendants of Aaron, as they served at the house of the Lord. They also took care of the courtyards and side rooms, helped perform the ceremonies of purification, and served in many other ways in the house of God. They were in charge of the sacred bread that was set out on the table, the choice flour for the grain offerings, the wafers made without yeast, the cakes cooked in olive oil, and the other mixed breads. They were also responsible to check all the weights and measures. And each morning and evening they stood before the Lord to sing songs of thanks and praise to Him. They assisted with the burnt offerings that were presented to the Lord on Sabbath days, at new moon celebrations, and at all the appointed festivals. The proper number of Levites served in the Lord's presence at all times, following all the procedures they had been given. And so, under the supervision of the priests, the Levites watched over the tabernacle and the temple and faithfully carried out their duties of service at the house of the Lord. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 24. This is how Aaron's descendants, the priests, were divided into groups for service. The sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father did, and they had no sons. So only Eleazar and Ithamar were left to carry on as priests. With the help of Zadok, who was a descendant of Eleazar, and of Ahimelech, who was a descendant of Ithamar, David divided Aaron's descendants into groups according to their various duties. Eleazar's descendants were divided into sixteen groups, and Ithamar's into eight, for there were more family leaders among the descendants of Eleazar. All tasks were assigned to the various groups by means of sacred lots, so that no preference would be shown. For there were many qualified officials serving God in the sanctuary from among the descendants of both Eleazar and Ithamar. Shemaiah, son of Nethanel, a Levite, acted as secretary, and wrote down the names and assignments in the presence of the king, Zadok the priest, Ahimelech son of Abiathar, and the family leaders of the priests and Levites. The descendants of Eleazar and Ithamar took turns casting lots. The first lot fell to Jehoiarib, the second lot fell to Jediah, the third lot fell to Harim, the fourth lot fell to Seorim, the fifth lot fell to Malkijah, the sixth lot fell to Mijamin, the seventh lot fell to Hakoz. The eighth lot fell to Abijah. The ninth lot fell to Jeshua. The tenth lot fell to Shechaniah. The eleventh lot fell to Eliashib. The twelfth lot fell to Jachim. The thirteenth lot fell to Hupa. The fourteenth lot fell to Jeshibiab. The fifteenth lot fell to Bilga. The sixteenth lot fell to Emer. The seventeenth lot fell to Hezir. The eighteenth lot fell to Hapizez. The nineteenth lot fell to Pethahiah. The twentieth lot fell to Jehezkel. The twenty-first lot fell to Jachin. The twenty-second lot fell to Gamul. The twenty-third lot fell to Delaiah. The twenty-fourth lot fell to Maaziah. Each group carried out its duties in the house of the Lord according to the procedures established by their ancestor Aaron in obedience to the commands of the Lord, the God of Israel. These were the other family leaders descended from Levi. From the descendants of Amram, the leader was Shebuel. From the descendants of Shebuel, the leader was Jediah. From the descendants of Rehabiah, the leader was Ishiah. From the descendants of Ishar, the leader was Shelomith. From the descendants of Shelomith, the leader was Jahath. From the descendants of Hebron, Jeriah was the leader, Amariah was second in command, Jahaziel was third, and Jechamaim was fourth. From the descendants of Uziel, the leader was Micah. From the descendants of Micah, the leader was Shamir, along with Ishiah, the brother of Micah. 
From the descendants of Ishaya, the leader was Zechariah. From the descendants of Merari, the leaders were Mali and Mushi. From the descendants of Jaaziah, the leader was Beno. From the descendants of Merari through Jaaziah, the leaders were Beno, Shoham, Zakur, and Ibri. From the descendants of Mali, the leader was Eleazar, though he had no sons. From the descendants of Kish, the leader was Jaramel. From the descendants of Mushi, the leaders were Mali, Adair, and Jerimoth. These were the descendants of Levi and their various families. Like the descendants of Aaron, they were assigned to their duties by means of sacred lots, without regard to age or rank. It was done in the presence of King David, Zadok, Ahimelech, and the family leaders of the priests and the Levites. End of reading, 1 Chronicles 21.1 through 24.31. Wow, a lot of kind of genealogy information right there. Well, we appreciate you stopping by KSLR or your internet source and joining us for some very insightful, very interesting readings from the Book of Chronicles. Soapy and Stacy should be back in here in the studio live next week, uh, ne- uh, next Sunday. And we'll uh, be able to take phone calls then. You know, they, they'll ask insightful questions about the uh, week's readings. And uh, you can call in with questions, comments, answers, anything you want. And uh, just want to say I've enjoyed being on the mic this evening and, and really uh, getting to kind of connect with with the audience. And uh, hope y'all are... Hope y'all had a great weekend. Hope your <clears throat> Memorial Day, excuse me. Hope your Memorial Day tomorrow is is a uh, a, a, not a good day, but also a day of reflection of those who gave their lives in service to our great nation. And uh, and uh, with that, we got about a, a little under a minute left in the show, and so. Uh, uh, I, I, as I said, I've enjoyed being on the air with you guys tonight. Usually you hear me in the background or sometimes I'll come on and respond to something that Soapy has said or Stacy. And uh, this time, you know, when I when I when we play the readings, I get to come on at the beginning and end of each segment. And then it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoy this program. I enjoy the art of radio And so I just want to say thank you for listening this evening, and I hope you all have a great week week ahead of you. You know, summer is just around the corner. A lot of kids graduating from uh, high school and from uh, my niece's daughter is turning six next month, and she just graduated from kindergarten, going to first grade next year. So to all the graduates listening, congratulations. Join us again next week. I'll be here, Soapy and Stacy, and we'd love to have you. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show. Take care. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. 
Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. 